It's good to have everyone here. I really appreciate the fact that so many of our volunteers made the effort to be here, and we kind of fill in for each other sometimes as, as winter comes. People get sick. There's incidents that go on in people's lives, and I am just appreciate the fact that, you know, people have stepped up today, and we're, we're so thankful for that. So uh, here we are at uh, the book of Philippians, and it reminds me of a situation I was in in 2017, we went, uh, Isaiah and I, he was running in the cross-country team for his middle school, and we went to this big race in Sundry. Sundry is like close to the Rocky Mountains. It's sort of right, right in the foothills there, and they have this wonderful track there where teams from all over south-central south Alberta came to this, to this big meet to, to race. And, of course, the team had been practicing in, in Airdrie, where we lived at the time, where there's no hills. And, and they would go to this overpass, and they'd run up the hill to the overpass, go over the overpass, run down the hill, run up again. They were trying to train because in Sunday, there's hills and trails. And it was, it was like the first day of real cold fall. It was the day, you know, when you get that skim of ice on, on the rain barrel, you know, outside the house. I mean, it was that cold day. There was this wind blowing, and we pulled into sundry, and there was all these cars, and we get out to the field, and we realize this is not like a fun race. This is not like the, the Terry Fox run. Like, there's, there, there's schools that have tents set up, you know, training tables, you know, hot, you know, hot, you know, food, and, you know, buffets, and we almost, you know, it was crazy. You know, here we are, showed up, you know, with our little duffel bags, and didn't even have like you know a blanket for our kids and we're like man like what's going on here and there's all these private schools with their big you know tents with like you know Strathcona Tweedsmere and Prairie Christian Academy and all these you know teams and they're wearing running gear running gear you know like I went to you know winners and bought a pair of you know $30 shoes for my son to put run in and they're like running gear you know like you know the headband's worth more than my kids shoes you know and there they're ready to run right the girls would run together and the guys would run together boys, grade 8 girls, grade 8 guys. And so the girls lined up and they ran. After about 20 minutes, the guys lined up and it was the grade 7 boys and Isaiah was in good shape. He, he had trained, but there was this kid lining up there who looked not like a kid. Like he was about 5 foot 10, you know, had thighs, you know, like tree trunks and, and you know, muscles and I think he even had a beard. He had more facial hair than I did. I don't know. He was... His kid, his kid was, his name was Ivan. I guess we could look in the, you know, the, the program later. His name was Ivan. He was Russian, last name. You know, he's some kind of genetic freak out of Siberia of some sort. Like, it was crazy. This kid was just huge. And so I said to Isaiah, I said, just keep that guy in front of you all the time. Don't lose sight of him. I said, if you keep him in front of you, your chances are you're going to place really well in this race. So don't lose sight of the big guy, which we found out was Ivan later on, right? So... So they all line up, and the first, like, 300 meters is, like, open field. And then it kind of narrows down into a, a path that you have to go up and down, weave around. And it's just, you know, this is the first time they've ever run in a race like this. All these kids, you know, there's probably 75 kids lined up, and, you know, four or five deep, and all of a sudden, boom, there goes the gun, and, and they're gone. Zoom. Now, if you, some of you have done cross-country, you know, like, like you don't, you're not sprinting the 50 or the 100 or the 200. Like, like you got to set your pace, but not in that race. And not Ivan. No, no. He's going full out, right? And, and Ivan's gone. All the other big guys are gone. And, and you know, I see, my, I see Isaiah getting elbowed in the middle of the, I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well, right? And sure enough, Ivan disappeared. <laughs> and uh, Isaiah, you know, finished a respectable you know, 
or something like that. I don't know. You know, it was respectable. It was, it was not, you know, it was a good, but uh, Ivan was a good three minutes in front of everyone else. The Apostle Paul would say that the Christian life or life is like a race where we follow Jesus. That we all get up to the, to the starting line and, and, and there's clearly one athlete on the line that is, is just head and shoulders above all of us. It's Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, we enter eternal life, we, we actually get a bib. You know, and here that race, they had like these electronic race uh, wristbands so that when you cross the finish line, boom, it automatically recorded your time and you could go online and see all the times later on, you know, and it was based on, you know. So, so you enter the race, you get the wristband and you're running. And the Bible says, follow that no one runs like he does. And if you want to be successful in life and you want to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose, follow the guy that runs the perfect race, Jesus Christ. And that's what he's getting at here in, in Philippians 3, verse 12 to the end of the chapter. That what is the goal? It's like, you know, my goal is, is to follow Christ is to run in such a way that I keep him in my sights at all times and I don't lose him on the track. And he said before this, you know, my goal is to know Jesus and I really want to experience the, you know, his resurrection, his suffering, becoming like him, his death, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And then in verse 12, he gives this statement. He says, not that I've already attained this, verse 12, that is, I have not already been I'm still running, Paul says. But I'm, I'm running, I'm striving to lay hold of that for which also Jesus laid hold of for me. Jesus died on the cross, rose again so that I could enter the race, and now I, I want to run with him. And so I, I'm not quitting on this race. I'm, I'm moving ahead of the challenges. There are people even today, but certainly was back then too, that, that had said, well, we've achieved perfection. We have everything we need. We, 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 we've arrived. And, and the Apostle Paul, who is one of the most spiritual men that I think would have existed in the first century, is like, I haven't achieved this. So if I haven't achieved this, the, the obvious answer in the Philippian church would be like, no one's achieved this. We all have still got a race to run. None of us have reached the finish line. And he's encouraging them to keep running the race. Keep Jesus in front of you. Don't lose sight of him. Keep discovering that which Christ laid hold of for you. You see, what happens is when you enter the race, you discover the whole reason you were created. Because in a relationship with God, you begin to discover what it means to be created in the image of God and to fulfill God's purpose in and through your life. It only comes when you're running with Jesus. And the more you run with Jesus, the more you discover, oh, this is why I was made this way. This is why I have these gifts. This is why I have these skills. This is why I'm so good at business or, or with kids or whatever it is. And, and I can use it for God's glory. And suddenly you, you, you discover a better and better race that you can run. I'm striving to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of for me. He made it possible for you to get the wristband or the bib to get into that race. And, and he doesn't say, okay, now, 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 no, okay, just stand there and watch us run. He's like inviting you to join the race. There, there was a period of time when I actually was interested in running. 
And, um, <laughs> and, and so I thought it was to be a good thing to do, right? It, it's healthy. And so I, I went to the local library, Cochrane, where we were living at the time, and, 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 I, and they had this magazine exchange. So I, I found some old running magazines, and I read a lot about running. I learned a lot of good stuff about running, right? And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting, and I love studying running. But, but you, know, you know what? I didn't like running. <laughs> I knew a lot. I, you know, I could see the best shoes to wear and techniques, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't get a lot. It didn't just, you know, give me thrills and, and kicks and all that stuff. I could play soccer, basketball, you know, go for a bike ride. But, but running just didn't, you know, do it for me. But um, other friends, you know, love the marathon and all that stuff. And if that's you, good, good for you. But, but the point is, he's like, don't just study running. Get your shoes on, stretch your legs, and start moving. I- I'm striving. Lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus lay hold of me. And then he starts in verse, the beginning of verse 13. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to attain this. I'm not there yet. I'm still running this. I'm still training. I'm still figuring this out. Instead, he said, I'm single-minded. Or you could say single-minded also means this one thing I do. Or but one thing I do in the next slide there, I think. But one thing I do. Um. One thing I do, single-minded. Other translations say, but one thing I do. There was one objective. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow the big runner at the, big, at the front of the race. I'm going to keep him in sight. I'm not going to let, loose, let, you know, let lose sight of him. I'm going to keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. One thing I do. The challenge is, for me and for you, we get distracted by many other things on the race course of life. We pull off the track, and we pull off the trail, and we're, you know, and it, it, it's, like, it's like, is this a serious race? Or is this like the Terry Fox run where you're looking for a, you know, a shortcut to, to skip out on the race, right? It, it's like the difference between, like, preschoolers playing soccer and, like, MLS or, or Premier League soccer players, right? You know, you go to a preschool soccer game, and, and what's happening? Well, there's a girl doing, you know, ballerina dancing out there, and there's another kid catching grasshoppers, and, you know, and then that's, that's soccer for them. But then you go to, the, you know, the big leagues, and the guy, you know, they're, they're focused. The, the Canadian women's soccer team, I mean, they, they, you know, they, they dedicate themselves, and they train, and, they, you know. And so here's the case. He's like, what kind of race are you running? I'm running the single-minded race. I've laid aside all the other goals that I had before, and I'm focused on one thing. This one thing I do. And Jesus does demand and, and, and invite and, and, and ask us to, to enter the race and, and to follow. And in Hebrews, he's like, you know, let's get rid of the sin that so easily entangles and the, and the cares and the worries and, and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us, right? And what he says is sometimes we come to faith in Christ and we have all this crap with us and we want to run carrying our garbage and as we run, we realize, oh, that's not helpful. Boom, boom, boom. It's like those guys that went to the Arctic and they were trying to find the Arctic Passage and they traveled in this boat and they had like a pipe organ and had a whole library, and they had silverware, and they had all this stuff. And, and guess what the Inuit found all scattered across the northern hemisphere? Silverware, piano, books. Why? Because it was useless. They needed canned food. They needed warm clothing. And they had a pipe organ or a pump organ and, you know, stuff. And he's like, run the race, keeping your eyes on 
Jesus. So I have a picture here. Sorry. Uh, do we have that picture there? There we go. Roger Bannister had run the four-minute mile, and then this guy named Landy beat him. And so they had this competition to see who would be the faster runner. And Landy was winning the race. And it says about 90 feet out, he looked back over his shoulder. And at that point, Bannister passed him. Boom. And this was the famous race where Bannister beat Landy. And the reason Landy lost? Because he looked over his shoulder. One thing I do, he says, forgetting the things that are behind in verse 13. Leaving that stuff behind. Forgetting it. And that's the challenge, right? Sometimes you enter the race and then you start looking back and wonder, oh man, you know what? You know, and this is, God's people throughout the Bible have struggled with this, right? God calls them to, to move forward and then they look back, right? The Israelites, right? They're going to the promised land and, and the, the promises were so good, but they kept, every once in a while when things got tough, they'd be like, oh, Egypt was so good. It wasn't good. We do tend to idealize the past, right? Oh, it was so good. Oh, even in the church. Oh, it was so good back in the old days. And all oh, people were still people. There were still problems. We still struggled. One of the problems of the things behind is, is, is sometimes it, it's, it's your, your mistakes and your failures. And you keep looking back at those mistakes and those failures. And, and then they dog you down. And you're like, I can't move ahead because I, I did this. And I've, I failed here. And I didn't follow through there. And, and he's like, you got to forget those things that are behind the failures. Not just the failures, but also your successes, right? Sometimes we ride on our past successes. Well, I did this, and, and we did that, and we, the glory days, right? We, we live in that, the, 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 the afterglow of the glory days, and he's like, leave those things behind. I don't know if you have friends like that, you know, who you get together, and they're just still sharing the stories. Like, like for me, it would be like guys in the 90s, right? Like, you know, the, the stories from the 90s. I'm like, okay, that, the, those were fun stories, but like, do you have any stories from 2000, 2010? How about 2020s? Like, like, is there anything happening in your life today that would be exciting? But no, no, you're just like, oh, there's an area of my life where everything significant happened, and, and I just keep looking back to that era. Boom, boom, boom. And, and he says, forget those things that are behind. Maybe you had a, a period of your life where you really grew, grew in your spiritual life. Ooh, you were running like Ivan, full speed in the race. And now you, you've kind of slowed down. You began to kind of take it easy. I mean, you did put in your time. You worked really hard. Now it's just time for me to just take, you know, take, take my time and, and let, let the young people take over now. And, 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 and this verse says, no, no, forgetting those things that are behind. Leaning forward. And it ends there in, in, in the second part of, of verse 13 there. And reaching out for the things that are ahead. I'm leaving that, the successes, I'm leaving my failures, I'm leaving all that, that the baggage, and, and now I'm, I'm looking ahead, and it's a single-minded focus. Now, I got a picture here. This is the, you know, this is Lloyd Minster, right? I mean, we, we love the chuck wagons, right? Have you ever seen a chuck wagon racer, like, looking at the stands during the race, right? You know, checking out the cute girls in the stands, or, you know, or, you know, looking at the guys, other guys' horses, or, you know. No, like, they are 100% focused on the race, so focused, in fact, that when the race is done, some other guy jumps in the thing and, and takes the reins because he's plumb worn out. The lactic acid is built up through his shoulders and arms and neck and, and back, and he just needs to sit. And then they look at the stands and they throw T-shirts and stuff. But during the race, there is no other distraction except to see his horses and to see the track. 
reaching out for the things that are ahead. I got one focus. I want to finish this race, and I want to finish it well. I mean, those, those guys all want to win, and girls that race too. They just want to win. And they are so focused and so, so straining. And that, that's the picture there. We're just straining. I'm, I'm running. I, I see the finish line. I know. And there's Jesus running in front of me. And I'm just gotta, I just got to stay in pace with him. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to f- succeed in this race. And it says in verse 14, With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to be everything God made. I want to run with everything God has given me to run. And, and everything else just falls beside the, the wayside so that I can pursue this goal. This is what I want. I want to get to the, cross the finish line and have Jesus say, yes, completed the race. Mike Nadelko, and give me a wreath. Woo, yeah, I did it. You know, I get the little ribbon. I finished the race. I made it. With this goal in mind, I strive. You have some goal in your life. You, you've got some direction. You're, you're trying to achieve something in your life. Financial security, uh, uh, a certain level of physical shape, maybe a, a certain look, or you know, you know, health. I, I don't know what your goal is, but the Apostle Paul and the Word of God invites you to this goal. To know Jesus Christ and to run with him in such a way that you get to the end and, you, and, and Jesus is like, good race. There were a few dips there where I wondered if you were going to stay up with me, but you, you didn't lose sight of me. You kept, you kept running. When the fog closed in, you, you didn't stop running. When, when the wind was blowing against you, you kept running. And he says in verse 15, Therefore, let those of us who are perfect or mature embrace this point of view. If you think otherwise, God will reveal to you the error of your ways. Basically, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> There is no perfection on this side of the race. You cross the line, you enter glory with Jesus, perfection. But until then, keep on running. He says in verse 16, Nevertheless, live up to the standard that we've already attained. The challenge is you can slide backwards in this journey. It's like, you know, sometimes we grew up in, I grew up in BC, and in this snowy weather, sometimes you'd, you'd hit a hill and, you hadn't got good tires at that point. They didn't have a lob of winter tires. So sometimes you had these bare tires. And you'd start going up a hill, and then pretty soon you'd start going backwards. Down the hill. And your, your tires are moving forward, but your, your car is moving backwards. And he's like, just keep moving forward. Don't slip backwards. Keep moving. You notice, like back in the day, like hockey players, you know, they, they'd finish the season, and then they'd go and, spend the summer on a boat somewhere and then they'd come up to training camp and they'd be fat and they have to get in shape and it was like you know kind of a big deal well well now you can't do that anymore basketball players can't do that you have to stay in shape the whole year long to work out keep why because because training camp comes and there's all these young guys biting to, to kick you off your your position and so you have to maintain optimum shape even LeBron James was playing in the G League. Why? Because he just needed to stay in shape over the summer, right? And this is like, he's like, don't slide backwards. Keep on running. And then he reminds him in verse 17. He says, 
says, be imitators of me, brothers and sisters. And watch carefully those who are living this way, just as you have us as an example. He's like, okay, so we've been following Jesus, so, and, and we've discovered how to pace ourselves with Jesus and keep him in, inside. Just keep running with us. Apparently, if you run races, and this is only hearsay because I've never done one of these, but in a marathon, they have actually pace people. Like if, if your race is, is two hours and, and 45 minutes, there's a guy running with 245 on him, and you just you kind of stay with him or a girl. That's, you know, three hours and 30 minutes, whatever it is, right? And you kind of, you, you pace with those people. It's like, look, look, we're a pace runner. Just stay with us. Imitate us. Follow us. You know, don't pick the guy that's sitting in the ditch with, you know, the, the hat with the two beer cans and the straw. You know, he's not the guy to follow. Not the guy that's going to win the race. You, you understand. I tell them. I'll get to that. Verse 18. I tell you, I tell you now with tears, there are many uh, live as I often told you about and are now with tears. I tell you, they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. They exult in their shame. They think about earthly things. These people actually aren't in the race. They're standing on the sidelines trying to pull you out of the race. And I tell my kids, right, like, you, there are lots of turkeys in the race. Um, some of you have raised turkeys. They're the stupidest things ever. Like, you know, like, they're just dumb, you know. And, you know, I, I caught turkeys once in college for one night to make, like, $23. And, like, it was the most vile job I've ever done and these turkeys you know they'll they'll jump and they'll smother each other and they're dead and they're flying around it was just horrible 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 you can live with turkeys or you could fly with eagles there are fewer eagles in life or or with the geese for instance you know I, I'm looking at the geese flying around right now and and then they never fly alone and they fly together and when the front guy gets tired, he goes to the back, and someone else takes the front. And then, and then, and then another girl comes to the front, and then he comes to the back, you know, and, and they take turns. And they, and they help each other get from place to 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 place. And this is what Jesus invites us to. Quit running with the turkeys. Because you know where turkeys end up, right? Christmas meal, you know, Thanksgiving, right? That's where turkeys end up, right? Get with the geese or with the eagles. Fly with those who can fly. But here's these, these people, you know, they, they don't want you to run the race. They're, they're sucking you down. Don't run with them. But he reminds them in verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. And we wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a picture here. You know, um, if you're a citizen of Canada, you qualify to apply for one of these things. And uh, it takes a long time right now. But, uh, and, and your picture is in there. And, and then as you travel, that, you know, you'll get stamps in there that allow you to travel certain places, visas. Uh, it, it's, it's a real badge of honor to have a, a passport to your country. It enables you to, to access certain places. And the Canadian passport is very valuable. Um, but he's saying, and he's talking to a Roman colony here who lived in Macedonia but had Roman citizenship. So, the, so they carried with pride their citizenship of Rome. And he's like, but understand, you, might, you have a Roman citizenship, but you even have a, a greater citizenship. When you're running the race, you have heavenly citizenship. Your identity, your belonging, who you are is no longer Rome or Canada. It's heaven. 
And your objective is to be in heaven someday with Jesus. And when you get there, something's going to happen, it tells us in verse 21. He will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorious body by means of that power by which he is able to subject all things to himself. So you understand, there's these three parts of salvation. The first part of salvation is you believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. That's where you get the bib, you get the bracelet, you enter the race. You don't actually do anything except believe in Jesus Christ. You don't have to train, you don't have to show up, you don't have to you know, run a, a preliminary race to, to qualify. It's not like the Boston Marathon where you have to run so many marathons at such a pace in order to, to apply to get into the Boston Marathon. No, no, you believe in Jesus Christ for the promise of eternal life, boom, bracelet, bib, start running. The second part of salvation is this thing we call sanctification. It's growth. It's actually living out this relationship with Jesus. That's where you actually have to get some blisters, get a little windburn, a little chafe here and there in the armpits or whatever. You're, you're running. It's your effort working with God's effort to achieve and, and to discover what God can do in and through your life. I mean, he lets you into the race, but he doesn't force you to run. Some people will get, you know, a quick ride to the finish line at the end of their life because they didn't finish, you know, but and God will let them into heaven, but it's, it's not because, you know, it's because they believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, but they're not in racing shape, so in heaven, they're, they're not going to be helping other people race because that's not, they never did it in their life, but they made it. They got there. But there's more for those that actually have raced and have discovered. But at the end is this reality of your body of sin is, is laid aside and you get this resurrection body. That's what we call glorification. It's the final, the final payment of salvation is, 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 is you, you've received entrance into the race. You're part of God's family. You run the race and at the end it's like boom. You're glorified. It's awesome because usually when you run a race at the end you're almost dead, right? But in the Christian life it's the opposite. You're not almost dead, actually. You're the most alive you've ever been when you experience glorification. He's like, at the end of this all, as a citizen of heaven, you cross the finish line, and, and, and you're not like, oh, I'm dead. I'm going to, you know, boy, you know, give me some fluids, um, electrolytes, you know, get to drink, you know. Come on, I'm not going to have much. I'm going to make it. No, she's like, boom, glorification. The greatest reward and, and we cross the line, and boom, we're, we're transformed. We get this resurrected body. And Paul's sitting there in jail. He's been beaten up. He's been stoned. He's got a few scars here and there, a few dog bites and all that. You know, who knows what, right? But, but he's like, oh, that day's coming. I'll be able to see. I'll be able to hear. I'll, you know, all, all these scars will be gone. I'm going to just be like Jesus. God invites you and me to, to run this race with him as the goal and that, that wonderful day of glorification and keeping that in, in, in view because everything else that you're running for is not going to last. Enjoy it now, but it's not, it's not going to be there. But Jesus is going to be there in the end. And so he's like, you know what? Discipline yourself and discover the joy of the race and, and follow me. Keep me in your sights. And you'll be there at the end and you'll receive the glorious glorification of 
you finished it well, you realize, man, I belong there, not here. That's resurrection living. And so he invites you and me to, to this race, this single-minded, focused race where we keep Jesus in our sights at all times. This week, you're going to be challenged to, to lose sight of that. But remember the Word of God and turn your heart and your mind back towards Jesus Christ. Team, would you come up? We're going to close in this song. And, you know, when we think of what Jesus did for us, that is a motivation for us to keep running. I mean, he ran the perfect race. He qualified to, 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 to leave this world without dying, and yet he, he willingly takes death upon himself. Why? So that we don't have to die. He takes upon himself the penalty of sin on the cross. He rises again so that we can enter the race with him. And that just should be motivation for us, encouragement for us in our journey as we run this race. And yeah, no, there's a guy that finished it. He completed it. And now he's running in front of us saying, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, don't, don't give up, don't give up. Keep on running because, yes, there is a prize waiting for us in glory. Jesus, pray with me as we close and the team's going to lead us in a song. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I, I invite you today to believe in Jesus Christ for the promise of eternal life. It is that simple. And in doing so, you enter the race. You receive eternal life. You have a purpose that you didn't have before. And Father, I, I just pray today that you would encourage us in our race. Give us a single-minded focus on the prize, on yourself. Help us to find joy in the journey, to look ahead to, to the glorious day of resurrection, to not lose sight of, of what you're doing in and through us today. So encourage your church family here today as we put this text into action in our lives this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name.